Jeremy was the second oldest of his family. With four other siblings, Jeremy often had to take care of himself. He had to be more resourceful and survive while the others got attention. Whether that was for detentions, hospital visits, surgeries, or bad grades, he had to duck under it all and survive. By 14, he was almost completely independent, and he knew almost everything about everyone within the family. There was James, Kim, Gerard, and Jean. Without saying a word, he knew James's side business at school, Kim's boyfriends, and who started Gerard's fights. All he needed to do was listen to the right people in the cacophony that was his family. Or, he just needed to look in the right places. In the master bedroom, Jeremy dug through one of the nightstands. Pushing aside ointments and lotions, he looked for anything useful, anything he could use to attack or defend himself. Albeit there was a low chance of finding a knife in the nightstand, he also wanted clues, something to answer the impossibility of the situation. And while there were photos inside, none gave enough detail or meant much, just a couple to gather at the beach, both appearing to be in their late twenties. Those were respectfully thrown to the side of the drawer as Jeremy debated the lethality of perfume. And in the top drawer of the second nightstand was a letter opener, which Jeremy gladly shoved into his pocket. He left the bed alone and continued to search. He went through the dresser, wardrobe, and closet, and not much was found. It was the same as the nightstands. Just typical house items. Though, there was one place he didn't check. The very top of the closet, where shoe boxes were stacked high. He couldn't reach it, being a little over five feet tall, but desperate times call for desperate measures, Jeremy thought, as he pulled the ottoman to the closet doorway. Growing up, this happened often. Something important or dangerous being headed up so high so that none of the kids could reach it. And while the other kids never paid enough attention to even notice the shelf, Jeremy was always well aware. Soaking in the nostalgia, he stood on top of the ottoman and peeked. Dark eyes met dust and cobwebs coating every single item up there. He looked around for anything interesting, and as he pushed away boxes, he noticed the difference. It was like a cliffside. The dust was so thick it framed where the box was, with a lip of dust along the edge, and in the middle was a perfect wood shelf underneath. It looked new compared to everything else, despite it just being a part of the house. He admitted to himself that it looked kind of cool. The boxes very rarely had shoes in them, though there was one exception. That box held a pair of women's black heels that smelled like an antique store. But for the most part, they just held photos and items that once had meaning. Things people would keep within the family to honor their heritage or immigration, though these were poorly kept. The egg holder, for instance, had a slight residue on it that Jeremy had to fight to get off his hand. And stains had sealed parts of its once shiny surface. Looking towards the back, Jeremy could see a stray box sitting there. And while dust still riddled the sides and the top, it was far less used than the other boxes, as if there were very few reasons to open the box and use what was inside. Feeling good about what it might be, Jeremy tensed his stomach and began to reach. He jumped a bit to try and get more reach, but no matter how close he came, it never felt like enough. He felt as if the box only fell further and further from his grasp, never promising success. But before he was about to give up, he lunged forward and towards the shelf. Leaning at an angle, he nabbed the box and scooped it towards him, and as he fell from the ottoman, the box popped open. Heavy metal thudded against the carpet. He anxiously set himself right and saw lying there a handgun. God, I hope he's okay. Tanvir bit his lip as he followed whatever layout the house created. There was no more slamming or muttering. Even Teddy's steps became a bit lighter. But to replace that laid a thick air of worry. The two were tense as they walked, reluctantly abiding the house's rules. And while Teddy would have responded with an optimistic hope for Jeremy, he couldn't help but bite his tongue. Instead, he stayed quiet and yearned for a cigarette. Something possible, yet he feared the movement of retrieving a pack. Where do you think he went? I don't know, Teddy admitted. The echo isn't a good sign, though. Well, it, it sounded hollow, so maybe we heard it through some pipes. Maybe an air vent? What do you mean? Well, I, I, well, I don't know. Maybe that means he's in a room with, um, pipes? Tanvir shrugged, his voice cracking at the question. He knew it sounded stupid. He knew it didn't make sense. 
but he still hid behind his words and hoped it was enough to convince the two he was fine. Yeah. Teddy knew it was best to leave Tanvir, pretend he won this little game he set up for them. He was just... in a room with some pipes. They walked through several storage rooms and halls. The halls had bookcases inside the walls, filled to the brim with novels and albums. Out of the corner of Tanvir's eyes, he could see the covers and spines writing. Well, what he assumed was supposed to be writing. The titles and subtitles were smeared, as if someone took a bit of acetone and destroyed the English printed. He almost considered to stop to open one up, just to see if it was the same gray blobs ruining the pages. But no, something kept him from stopping. He knew better than to stop and mess with anything in the house. And while he never saw what happened to Jeremy, his subconscious connected touching things with Jeremy. Okay, this is impossible. Are you just now getting that impression? Tanvira tried the joke. No, I, I, I mean, shut up. The halls and rooms, they've led us into a spiral. I, I was noticing it while we walked. It led us in a spiral and we're still going. This should have ended. Well, it's still going, maybe not? I don't know. They continued, the halls getting shorter and side rooms becoming more and more scarce. The two observed books, photos, and nightstands with shoddily made clay pots on them. They were silent, now both very aware of the shrinking spiral they were walking into. Obviously, this couldn't have existed. Even if it did, the walls would have been very thin, thin enough to allow for so many turns to be crammed in there. It was just so confusing. So, one broke the random silence. Tanvir asked, which one do you think is the victim? It was said more like a statement than a question, as if he was too afraid to let his guard down and seem curious. Teddy was confused until he pointed to the portraits around them. The specific one he was referring to was a family photo of three. They were on vacation, set directly in the mountains. The husband looked to be in his forties. Desaturated brown hair was buzzed short. He looked to be a simple man with nothing on his warm outfit out of place, though compared to the other two, he looked the least equipped to be traveling on the mountainside. The wife, who appeared to be a bit older, stood with a large smile. The fur of her hood splayed in every direction, making her appear the largest. She was blonde like her son, but her hair was more obviously cared for. It was shiny under the midday sun and picked up color from her maroon coat. Then, in the middle stood the sun. He was only 15 in the photo, though it was a little hard to tell. His dirty blonde hair was unkempt and a little greasy. Under the hair were glasses, something neither parent had. Green pale eyes stared at the camera, failing the trick it into thinking he was genuinely smiling. Hands sat in his pockets as he tensely stood. He was most likely cold. It's the kid, remember? Teddy responded, not offended by Tanvir forgetting. He felt uncomfortable making fun of him at a time like this. Unless it's a different family, which at this point I wouldn't be surprised that's him. Unless it's a different family, which at this point I wouldn't be surprised. That, that should be him. Oh, right, right. Tanvir looked ahead, embarrassed by the mistake. Let's just keep moving. Yeah. Teddy pointed across the large media room, one found in a wealthy family's basement. Door changed over there. Across it, in the shadowy back part of the room, was a pale wood door. The two didn't remember seeing it when they first came in, but graciously accepted it. It was locked, but it may have been weak enough to break. Teddy hid that idea from Tanvir, though. Jeremy didn't know how to fire a gun, but he assumed he'd seen enough movies to know how to use it, so he walked with blind confidence. He had come to a staircase. It curled to the left and up with windows checkmarking the sides. Jeremy barely hesitated when he ascended the stairs, far too used to the aesthetic changes. Dust danced and glowed in the light, kept within the window of stills frames. The squeak of wood captioned every single movement and shift of weight Jeremy made. The staircase finished before it went in a complete circle, finishing with a wooden attic door. Locks of all kinds decorated the door, though they were all unlocked. Jeremy looked up, catching a sign plastered above the door. Stairway to Heaven, it read, in pale yellow handwriting. 
He silently acknowledged it and accepted it. It's just another weird aesthetic. Then, he opened the door. Inside was a normal, unfurnished attic. Though unnaturally empty for an attic so average, he tolerated it. Jeremy entered and began to look for a door, really just anything that would let him progress. It was a process he knew and committed to, something the house taught him. The smell of the air was antique, borderline musky. It was noticeable, but didn't hinder his breathing, so Jeremy stuck it through it. And eventually, he found something. Hidden within the wall was a door. Dust hid any crease the ends would have made, and there was no knob to stick out. Instead, Jeremy would have to find a way to open it. Huh, he muttered to himself as he backed away. Why am I surprised? Looking around, there weren't any keys or any other doors like that. Nor were there any levers hidden under the floorboards. Jeremy shook his head, unsure of what to do. Maybe it's just patchwork and you're losing it. Then again, why? The creases, the, those clearly go to something. I don't get it. He stood in front of it and stared. Besides using the gun, there was one idea he had for getting in. Though, he wasn't sure if it would be enough to work. Regardless, he shrugged and prepared himself. Screw it! Why not? Got nothing else but Teddy's method. Jeremy threw himself against the door and bounced off. And unlike Teddy's painful experience, Jeremy got the door to open. It had bounced open, the pressure of Jeremy's weight releasing the magnets keeping it closed. <sighs> magnets! Of course! He laughed, feeling slightly dumb. Through the door was a hallway, wooden like the staircase. Even had the same window stuck in the middle, illuminating floating dust. But across from him was a dingy wooden door, with the knob being jiggled. Jeremy froze, horrified by the idea of there being something dangerously close to him in the house. He took a step back, preparing himself to run in case it got through. He winced. Oh, wait, the gun! Jeremy armed himself, cocking the gun at the door. His body was stiff and tense, eyes focused on the door. As he heard the banging and weak thuds echo down the hall, he mentally prepared himself to fight or run. Finally, their last bang was made and the door cracked. Splintering wood and a slight wheeze of the door crumbling came from the show. And, without fail, Jeremy fired. Teddy screamed, covering his shoulder. He staggered and leaned against the wall behind him. Jeremy gasped and screamed, Ted! Jeremy ran towards him and down the hall. But before he could cross the frame of the window, it was over. From the floorboards, an oil spill-esque sludge came and in an instant, the sludge snatched Jeremy with a bone-chilling snap. Jeremy! Tanvir screamed, a blind fear striking him. He called out to him again, unsure of what else to do. He was completely overwhelmed by what had just happened. Meanwhile, against the wall was Teddy. Frozen, he just stood with buckled knees holding his shoulder. His face was slack, with a glassy, distant stare. Tanvir hesitated to run over. He was terrified of the same happening to him. Thank you so much for listening to House Call. My name is Sprite, and if you'd like more art and updates, you can follow me at MKG Sprite Stain on Instagram and Twitter.